Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I recently watched a documentary about the brain and how it's affected by physical activity. According to the doctor who made the study, exercise improves our memories, our creativity, our ability to concentrate, and not to mention brings us happiness via endorphins. This result was found when people went out walking for 40 minutes per day. However, in today's society, we tend to do less everyday activity, but focus more on various workouts. Crossfit, boxing, pilates, dancing, you name it. Obviously, these activities provide the same benefits, but how do we find a healthy balance between having an active lifestyle but not feeling stressed when we don't achieve our goals or feel like a failure when we don't go to the gym. Mental health statistics prove that working out is not the only solution to depressions and can sometimes actually create more anxiety. Most people aim for a healthy lifestyle, but the word health has to include mental health. In this episode, I'm discussing these topics with Laurianne. She shares her own journey from working out as a punishment when she was affected by beauty standards. Nowadays, she has found a good balance between moving her body and eating well. She also talks about her upbringing when she felt isolated as the only black girl in her school and how she developed a negative relationship with food and binge ate. As always, we talk about different feminist issues and share our advice on finding a balance in this confusing world of exercise and diets. My name is Fanny Beckman and this is Women of My Generation. Um, the place that we actually met for the first time and uh, it's here in Peckham mm-hmm. and um, we met through The Dots yes, uh, which is a networking website for mainly creatives mm-hmm. and you were reaching out for women to collaborate with for your International Women's Day yeah. event and you run an organisation called Women to Women yeah. so first of all could you just talk a bit about Women to Women and how you found the feminist movement Cool. So, hi, everybody. My name is Laurianne. I'm mm-hmm. 24. Because mm-hmm. um, you guys are just hearing another voice and you're thinking, who the hell, who yeah, the hell exactly. is that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I'm 24 and I am the founder of Women to Women. And I created Women to Women at university when I was about, I was in second year. And the reason why I created it was because I felt like a lot of my experiences were self-taught. I didn't have an older sister, so a lot of the life experiences that I have 
I had to go through. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like I had to teach myself how to get out of depression, how to get out of loving myself and things like that. So when I went into uni, I always had a heart to do something for for females, especially women um, younger than me. Um, but I just, you know, sometimes you have an idea to start something and you feel so inadequate. So I felt like, oh, gosh, I don't have the right experience. I don't know where I would start. And I think in second year... I joined the ACS, which is the African Caribbean Society, as mm-hmm. um, an events manager. And um, my friend was like, oh, International Women's Day is coming up and I want you to do something for it. So because I always had the idea of woman to woman in my, on, on my heart, I was like, oh my gosh, why don't I do woman to woman event? Um, and I started that in uni. So we did the event and it was amazing. And I'm I'm a huge crybaby, so I cried. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I went into my third year. And in my third year, I established um, weekly meetups. Mm-hmm. So every Thursday, I'll meet up with first and second year girls and we'll talk about different topics. So it could be on love, identity, career, boys, beauty, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did that for the whole of my third year. And I left uni in 2016. Mm-hmm. And... After that, it was kind of re-envisioning what I wanted woman to woman to look like. Yeah. Um, and I thought I wanted, I thought it would be amazing to create a platform where women could narrate their own stories and narrate their own experiences and give an insight of what the journey to womanhood looks like for them individually. Because I feel like a lot, of the t- a lot of the time, people like to put womanhood in, in a box where it's a one-shoe fit, fit, fit all, sorry. So, um, so it's like every person's womanhood has to look the same. But I really wanted to create somewhere where you could be an individual in how you kind of progress into womanhood and what womanhood looks like to you. So, um, yeah, so after that, I created the um, Instagram page where I kind of shared my experiences and my thoughts and like inspirational quotes and things like that. Yeah, it's a lot about inspiration. Yeah, definitely. Um, And something to kind of affirm people and to keep people in affirmation because I feel like words mean a lot to people. Like if you read something and someone writes your, your, the experience that you're going through, it's like, oh my God, I'm not the only one going through that. Mm. So I kind of utilise my Instagram to kind of put pictures and words that will affirm someone Mm. to kind of be like, oh, yeah, I feel that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, sure. And I kind of wanted to get out of the online space and create more events mm. that um, centre around um, conscious conversations and conversations that are needed. Mm. So um, that's Woman to Woman in a nutshell. I feel like I've gone up and down and <laughs> inside mm. out. Mm. Um, and I also have a podcast as well on the side where I interview different women from different backgrounds yeah. to kind of get to know their story and their experience yeah, of yeah. womanhood and yeah. how they got to where they are yeah. so that someone that wants to get to the place that they're at can kind of be inspired mm. that they can reach that goal sort of thing yeah. so yeah so that's women to women in a nutshell and that's amazing <laughs> and you're planning to have an, an event this yes. month as well um, um so it was supposed to be on International Women's Day, mm. but um, I detest doing events. Joking. Um, <laughs> so the idea is, is, I think it's bigger than what I thought, and the preparation for it is huge. So I don't know whether it will be on International Women's Day, but it will be March or April. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's basically um, with um, an organisation called the Empathy Museum. And it kind of takes the vision that I have for women to women where women can share their stories and allow people to walk a mile in their shoes and kind of experience their stories from their own voices mm. um, 
Which is such an amazing idea. Like mm. when you first told me about it, I was like, I can't believe that I didn't know. About <laughs> no one knows about the Empathy Museum. If you're listening, go and check it out because I feel like there's no other platform doing what they're doing. Mm. Um, and they're really trying to bring back empathy into human stories and for people to actually feel what somebody else has gone through. Mm. Um, they're sick, sick organisations. So I'm very excited. Mm. Very so this excited. is like focus on women and women's stories. Yeah, definitely. Mm. And just... Yeah, women in general. Mm. Yeah, so I'm so excited. Um, me too. Hopefully, guys, keep the date. Mm, soon. Hopefully, I'll have a date to say this is the day that we're doing it. At, yeah, but, um, it's and that'll spread it everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> literally. Mm. Um, so yeah. But also, when we met uh, last time, you said that you wanted to get involved in women to women, or oh, not women to women. <laughs> God, we're talking about that now. Uh, women of my generation. Yeah, my project. I forgot about that. <laughs> Um, but um, so you said uh, we could take a photo mm-hmm. um, in your bedroom, um, but you said oh, I might just go to the gym first. Yeah. And you said that as a joke, uh, but I kind of want to explore that topic yeah. a bit more, like exercise. Um, so is there any truth behind this that you felt like the pressure to go to the gym first? Yeah, so my body, I've had a funny... So when you talk about women in my generation and I saw your pictures, so first of all, I fell in love with the way that you take pictures because you're sick. Finding sick, guys. Like, <laughs> check, like, no, so you're genuinely sick. Um, and the way that you just brought to life, like, the women that you took pictures with. with and, um, so yeah, you're dope. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, so I just loved the idea of um, sharing your relationship with your body, because I feel like that's not something that's really, like, explored. And I've had a funny, I don't know, a funny journey with my body. Um, so when I moved, so I moved from, I was born in Congo, and I moved to from Congo to Belgium when I was about five. Um, and I was the only black girl in my na- neighbourhood. So there wasn't, I think, yeah, I was the only black girl. I was, there was only, like, my family was the only fa- black family in my school. Really? Um, yeah, so I I became very much aware of my identity as a black woman, and um, I remember I was about twelve when I started feeling insecure about my body. Um, I have quite a juicy butt; that my butt is quite juicy. Um, so it started kind of getting attention from men from a young age. So I started hating my body. I didn't like my body at all. Um, and then when I came to London, when I was about 10, so my body started showing, I would say around like nine. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I was growing boobs, like, and I remember I had a neighbor in Belgium and their son, and they would, I don't know whether they would make fun of my boobs, but they would attract attention to it so they'll talk about it in a very like uncomfortable way so um so when I left Belgium and I came to London um and I saw that there was black people because where I was I was the only black person Mm. so when I went to when I came to London there were so many black people there was so many different bodies and so Mm. many do you know what I mean so I became more comfortable but I was still very uncomfortable in my body the catcalls, the whistling, mm. the, oh my gosh, you've got a, a big bum, or oh my gosh, like, th- I, that made me feel very uncomfortable. Of course. Um, and then I, I went to uni, and I, I think, and I, do you know what, when I was like 13, I used to look at my body and cry. I mm. genuinely used to look at my body and cry, because I used to hate it. I don't have like the biggest boobs, and 
so I just used to think, oh my gosh, my body is unpretty. Because of the attention you got? Or... Because of the attention mm-hmm. and because I would compare myself to other people's bodies. Mm-hmm. So when I was about 16 and people were wearing like 34 D bras, I was still in a 32A bra. Mm-hmm. And I would look at myself and I'll cry and I'll literally pray to God to give me bigger boobs. Like, that's how serious I was about having bigger boobs. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it was just, I was just very uncomfortable in my body. And I think over the years, I began to kind of enjoy my body and to kind of like not care anymore about it. Yeah. Until I got to uni and then I started eating a lot. And then gym started becoming kind of an escape for me. Kind okay. of like a, a way for me to try and make my body better. Like I can change the way, I can't change everything, but I can make little alterations about mm. me. Mm. Um, and yeah, and I feel like there's there's um, a sort of body that is ideal in the society that we live now. That's when you're like, oh, I'm, I'm going to take a picture of you in my underwear. I was like, I don't have abs yet. Oh my God. Mm. I'm going to have to go to the gym for a week and yeah. get abs sort of thing. Um the yeah. beauty standards kind of changed for the last couple of years and you could hear slogans like strong is the new skinny mm. it's all about exercising mm. and a lot of people argue that that's a better beauty standard yeah. than um you know starving yourself yeah and um but then again it's difficult to find the right balance because new beauty standards about ga- you know gaining abs or whatever mm. gaining muscles um, it's also led to a new eating disorder called uh, orthorexia, which okay. is um, all about you know exercising to uh, to a degree where it's not healthy anymore, yeah. and uh, you start to you know it start to take over your life. Yeah. And you stop going out with friends because you have this uh, class you need to attend, Go to. or uh, and you start obsessing about eating healthy, mm. and um, it's not. Also, again, to a degree where it's not healthy. So yeah. you have, like, a list of good and bad food. Yeah. And in the end, you just eat salad and don't get the <laughs> nutrition that you actually need, yeah. like fat and protein and all that. Um, so how do you find the balance today? Or have you got to that point? Do you know, yet? that's so funny because... What's it called? Like, last year. So last year, I went on this craze that I wanted the, I wanted to lose weight. Mm. I wanted I, I I've never been like fat I've never been like overweight or do you know but I wanted to have like you said the society's body shape that looked good mm. so I was like, I wanted to lose weight and I went on the keto diet mm-hmm. and um because I felt like I had an unhealthy relationship with food that was the main reason why I went on the keto diet we binge eating or yeah I, mean, I would like emotional eat i would eat like a grown man mm-hmm. like <laughs> i would eat to a point where even if i'm not hungry i would still eat mm. and i don't know where that came from i don't think i've really like tackled that issue yet mm. um was it like bulimia or i don't know because i didn't i didn't explore it i just mm-hmm. literally one day sat down and i thought oh my god I, i've really got a bad relationship with food. Mm-hmm. I use food as an outlet. Mm. Like I can eat, but I will overindulge in food. So even if I'm not hungry, I would be like, yeah, I'll eat. Mm. Did and anything happen for you to realise it was a problem? Oh. 
I just I just woke up one day and I looked at my body and I was like, whoa, my body's never looked like this because my body started changing. Okay. So I think when my body started changing from what I usually looked like, mm. then it kind of dawned on me like my clothes weren't fitting the same way that they used to. Okay. I couldn't wear, I wasn't comfortable wearing certain things. Like the top that you're wearing, for example, I couldn't have worn a top like that last right. year. Because I was striped. Yeah, and I'll be like, oh, people are going to see my bulges and stuff like that. Mm. Um, so I think that kind of made me stop in my steps and think, okay, cool, what's, what's changed in my habits? Okay. And I felt like food, the way that I, I, I ate was, mm. was a thing. So I thought, let me go on the, the keto diet and try and lose weight. Mm. Um, was this uh, like the same time when the new, like Peter Stanley also was more focused on the strongest, the new skinny? Yeah, mm. yeah. And it was like everybody was going to the gym. Oh, so you were affected by Yeah, that. so mm. I thought, oh my gosh, let me try the gym as well. Mm. Let me start going to the gym. My, my, my little brother is a footballer. Okay. He plays football. So um, he was like to me, yeah, come with me. And I went with him. And then I just fell in love with the gym. But whilst I was on the diet, my boy, my boyfriend's sister, my boyfriend's, my boyfriend's sister, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, that makes sense. My boyfriend's <laughs> sister always used to be like, oh, why do you need to be on a diet? Um, and she used to, she really made me think about the un, the healthy and unhealthy mindset that being on a diet was and why I was doing it. So, in yeah, I think that kind of made me want to lose weight. So society and how they kind of place beauty standards mm. kind of had an effect on me yeah. and what I needed to look like mm. in order for me to love myself. Yeah, yeah. And I think I've gotten to a stage where I think it's okay for me personally where I. I'm comfortable with where I am. Mm. Like, you've got to love yourself in the skin that you're in. Because if mm. you don't, then who else will? You know what I mean? So mm. I think it's kind of changing your mentality and change, changing the way that you see yourself and not yeah. listening to outside influences. Mm. It will help a lot in not subscribing to everything. Because like you said, beauty standards change every year. Yeah. Yeah. You know, every single year there's either big boobs. Oh, mm. big boobs are not in now. It's small boobs. Yeah, oh, yeah. And now it's big butts, and now mm. small butts are in, and it's mm. just like it, it continues to change. And the problem with beauty standards is that they are, for most people, unachievable. Um, so, for example, now we have the Kim Kardashian body, yeah, it's like abs, but really big uh, boobs mm -hmm. and butt and everything. Um, and also, she claims that if you do this amount of squats, then you'll get that body. Yeah, it's actually, <laughs> probably surgery that's behind it. Yeah. Um, so again, it's capitalist society that kind of profits from women's insecurities mm -hmm. i've talked a lot about that before um because hey guys it is ryan i'm not sure if you know this about me but i'm a bit of a fun fanatic when i can i like to work but i like fun too it's a thing and now the truth is out there i can tell you about my favorite place to have fun chumba casino they have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane. So shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today 
at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Yeah, beauty standards just say you need to change this and that yeah. in order to be lovable. Yeah. Um, but also, you mentioned that you actually enjoyed going to the gym, so it wasn't like a punishment. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you still exercise then? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I exercise like, and and that's the thing. I think people need to like be very aware about why are you doing the things that you're doing. Always question why you're doing what you're doing. Mm. Um, when gym becomes a punishment for me, I don't go. Oh, okay. When I feel like I'm forcing it, I I generally do not go. Mm. Um, if you if if I did that last year, I'd feel bad. Mm. I'll 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 not I'll like speak down on myself. Like, mm. why are you not going? You're yeah, like you're dumb, or you should go. You'd never stick to anything like that. But I think you need to listen to your body. Mm. You need to listen to your emotions. And I think for me, when I go to the gym, it's to make me feel good. So if m- me thinking of the gym doesn't make me feel good, then it doesn't make sense for me to go. Mm. So I think it's kind of balancing your relationship with something, mm. like the, re- the relationship that you have with your outlet. Yeah, yeah. If it becomes detrimental to your own mental health, then you need to take a step back from it. Mm. Um, and yeah, so I think for me, it's kind of me worked, working my way around, loving the gym, but not being ascribed and having the gym as a sense of my end all and be all of who I could be as a woman, yeah, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. And it's also about, like, bringing the mental health into the term health. Yeah. And being healthy as well. Because, obviously, exercising is proven to to make you feel better and yeah. releases endorphins mm-hmm. and all that. So, it's, like, chemical as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you go to the gym, what kind of exercise do you do? Is it classes or do you, like... Or me? Yeah, yeah. Um, when I go to the gym, I do... So, I save YouTube videos on my phone of people okay. doing exercises mm-hmm. and I do it by myself. I stopped going to classes. Mm-hmm. The reason why I stopped going to classes is, um, I think a lot of people have heard this saying, but comparison is a thief of joy. Mm. When I used to go to the, the gym mm. and we used to do classes, mm. halfway through, I'd be on the floor heaving. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> and people beside me would still be going on. Mm. That played on me. Mm. It's like, oh my God, I'm not healthy enough. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I can't do this. Mm. And I feel really down afterwards. So to save myself and to save my mental health, I decided to stop going to classes okay. altogether. So mm. I like to work out by myself mm. and I like to work out at my own pace. Mm-hmm. I hate the gym because I hate classes, sorry, because even if the instructor is like giving you like, yeah, you can do it, you can do it. Mm. It's a lot. Okay. Don't, sh- don't shout at me <laughs> and tell mm. me that I can do it. Mm. In this moment, I can't do it. Yeah, yeah. So be with me in this moment, mm, and I feel mm. like with going to classes, it's a lot of encouragement. But sometimes it's it's unrequited. It's like yeah. just sh- in this moment, let me breathe. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. So um, it's, yeah, it's very indi- individual. What works for you? Exactly. You kind of have to try different things to to explore. And exactly, see exactly. What's right for you. So I said no. Nah, I I like to work out by myself. I like to be my own self, listen to my own music. Mm. When I can't, I stop. When I can go again, I go again sort of thing mm. without having, feeling like everybody's watching me or feeling like, oh my gosh, I have to keep up with everybody else. So um, that's how I kind of not do that no more. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but going back a bit and to when you said that you used to feel really bad if you didn't go to the gym, but now you think you have a better relationship mm. to exercise. Um, 
Have you thought about when that happened or what changed? Um, I'm, I like to think I'm a very self-aware person. So I think for me, and I think that's an, an advice for everybody. We all know, we all know our ticks. We all know what we're bad at. We all know what we fall short on. We all know our negative negative thoughts and when our negative thoughts are going to kick in. So um, for me, I think I, I don't think there's a moment when I realized. Um, oh my gosh, this is negative thinking. I think for me, it was just being like, I don't have to torture myself. Like, I think as well, having a good support system as well, um, to be like, so sometimes I'll be like to my boyfriend, I don't want to go to the gym. And he'll be like, it's fine. Go to the gym tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? If you have someone that you say, oh, um, I don't want to go to the gym, and they're like, oh, but you're fat though. Like, you need to go. Like, you need to lose a bit more weight. Your birthday's coming up. Why are you not going? Mm, That's more, that. exact, yeah. Drop that. Mm. Now. Mm. That's very, very, very toxic. Mm. Um, so I think who speaks to you in your down moment is very important. Yeah. So for me, it was like, I would tell my brother, oh, I can't go to the gym today. Sometimes he'll be like, get up, let's go. Mm. But other time he will look at me and he will know that I genuinely I'm not feeling the gym today. Mm. And they'll be like, okay, cool. we'll go tomorrow. We'll go the day after. Mm. So I think it was kind of like the reassurance that I don't have to do the things I don't want to. Yeah, for sure. And when I don't enjoy it, I don't have to force myself to as well. Um, and just doing life at my own pace. It's really important mm. for people to know, to understand that I do life at your own pace. Um, so yeah. Yeah, I can definitely relate to that. Because mm. um, I used to be really hard myself and, exercise as well yeah and um you know i had a friend um or well, still have her she's amazing ellie. <laughs> um, hi ellie hey <laughs> <laughs> um but um we were going out for drinks a group of us and mm -hmm. i was like oh no i had this class on tuesday i really can't go out with you and she was like come on just cancel it you can yeah. do that another time and that's not that might not seem as a big thing but to me that was a big wake-up call yeah like, oh, yeah of course I can I shouldn't let exercise control my life and again why am I doing that yeah. like you said in the beginning to ask yourself uh, that's so important mm. um but you said that you had a problematic relationship to food previously yeah. how is that now um I love food <laughs> <laughs> yes. I love food <laughs> but um now it's more I still, I'm still very aware of how I eat. Mm. Um, so sometimes I'll have days where I'll be like, okay, I'm not going to eat chocolate for the week. Or I'm not going to... Do you know what? I think for me now, actually, it's more of a... Don't bash yourself if you have a donut. Like You're not going to die if you have a donut. Of course not. You know? Mm. Um, do things in moderation. Um so for me now with food, I do it in moderation. Um, I'm, again, I think you have to get to a point where you're very self-aware and you know, you know your tics and you know what works for you and what doesn't and what you're supposed to work on. Not in a way to bash yourself, but in a way to grow from where you're at now is really important. Um, so since I knew that my, my, the way that I love food can be problematic, I'm always aware of why am I eating? Do I need to eat this? Mm. So if I'm at home and I'm watching TV and I'm 
I've eaten so much. I've eaten and I'm saturated for the whole evening. And I go and get ice cream. I just look at the ice cream. Do I really need to do this? Mm. And if not, then I'll put it back. Yeah, it's it's a difficult one. It is. Because also sometimes you have, you have to eat for your soul as yeah. well. And it makes you feel good. But then, yeah, again, fine line. If it yeah. makes you feel guilty or if you just like to feel way too full, like physically afterwards. Yeah, and you feel sick. It's mm. like you have to know mm. when like the line is there. Like if if you're eating to the point where it's like you feel sick, then that's an issue. Mm. And I think there was a time when I was doing that. Okay. And like I had to every day. Every other day. Mm. Well, I'll eat and then I'll go to eat again. And it's like I don't need to do that. Mm. And I think your body will show you when you're so used to something and you start mistreating it, it will show you that you've been mistreating it. Mm. So for me, my body was starting to show me that you're not treating me well. Take care of me better. So certain things that I could do before, like run for the bus, for instance, I couldn't do anymore oh, properly. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So my body was kind of speaking to me and saying, slow down and take care of me better, um, which which in turn made me kind of be more um, careful of what I eat, how I eat, the reasons that I eat and stuff like that. And I, that's carried on to today. So yeah, mm. it's kind of something that I keep in the back of my mind. Yeah, it's difficult. Like, rationally, we know all of this, but emotionally, it's so it's hard. It's so hard. Especially when you... You know when you've had a bad day and you just yep. want a donut or, or you just want to eat? It's like, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, it's actually okay. Mm. Like, don't punish yourself. No, don't. Have the, don- have, have the donut, sis. I'm speaking to someone mm-hmm. right now that hasn't had the donut. Just go and have it. Yeah. Just don't buy us. Yeah, just don't buy a six-pack and finish it. Just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> go and get one Krispy Kreme and leave the shop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but I want to go back a bit more and talk about uh, why you felt the need. now Because you said that you have a better relationship to your body and exercise mm. today, but still there's something left that you don't want to be part of women of my generation. Yeah. You don't want to to be portrayed in the underwear. Yeah. Um, do you know what? I I think with that... I t- okay. Okay, let me speak English because right now I'm not... <laughs> <laughs> um, I think with that is I've never been with body as well. Because I think your whole movement with bodies and body positivity and stuff like that. Where I come from, there is a a mindset about women bodies that need to be private, be kept private. Oh, okay. Yeah. So this is me just speaking on my thought process behind mm-hmm. when I said no to you. And even when I said, yeah, when I said I'm not sure about doing it. Um, so... I think for me, and with bodies as well, um, my body was sp- spoken down on by like my fam, not my family, but extended family. Okay. As the cover up this, cover up that, and oh, that skirt shows your bum too much, or you need to wear a skirt that's above your knees and stuff like that. So with me, a, your, my body's always been a private, a private sort of secret that I've always been told to keep. So when I said yes to you, I was like, because I loved the idea. But as the days went on, I, the weight of what I was going to do was kind of scary. Yeah. Because, like, no one no one see me, like, me, my bra and pant mm-hmm. on social media. It's not something that I've done before. No. You know, 
So for me, it was kind of the voices that would come after, mm. after me. From even my, my, the black, that, you know, the, my community, my friends, my family, my cousins, just stuff like that. So for me, it was like, oh, as much as I would love to get naked, <laughs> <laughs> there was just a lot of like uncertainty. Mm. I, I think that's really good that you mentioned that. And mm. I think a lot of people can relate to that because uh, obviously with the whole body positivity movement, uh, women are encouraged to take off their clothes, yeah. and feel really confident uh, every single day. Yeah. And it's not for everyone and it doesn't have to be for mm. everyone. I think the most important, and we talked about this with other guests in this podcast as well, that most important is that you accept your body yeah. and that you can think beyond it. Come on. And, uh, you know, enjoy life in general, not thinking about what you look like, yeah. but actually be in the moment. Yeah, um, So exactly. I think that's really good that you mentioned that, that yeah. you don't have to get naked or be in the underwear yeah. or whatever. Because, you know, when you when you start a revolution, because I feel like your platform can is, is kind of like that. It's like revolutionizing against the beauty standards and the body standard and stuff like that. When you start a revolution, you think your revolution has to look like everybody else. Mm. So for me, it's like, it's like I, I love the movement and I, and I love what it's... Even like, let's say feminism. Mm. I love the idea of feminism, mm. but not every... Not everything that stands under the umbrella of feminism, I agree with. Yeah. So it's like, how do I support a, co a cause that I believe in, but not everything I can ascribe to? I think that's such a valid point mm. um, that you don't agree with everything within feminism. And uh, lots of people say like, oh, how can you criticize other women or stuff like that? And just like, well, first of all, that's a big thing to say that all women has to agree with everything exactly. else that other women say exactly. uh, within the feminist movement or in general. Yeah. Because um, imagine if we said that to men, like, oh, you, you, you have to agree with every single man. That doesn't make sense. No, not at all. <laughs> that actually doesn't make sense. But then, how do you navigate? How do you navigate your own truth and being able to kind of stand with other women and be like, I don't agree with what you're saying, but I'd still support you? Yeah. How would you say that? And it's, yeah, it's about respect and respecting each other's mm. opinions. Obviously not if it's sexist or racist yeah. and stuff like that. Uh, but understanding that you have different opinion and different mm. matters, for sure. Mm. Um, I agree. But I always end um, my conversation by asking, what can we do to help the future generation? So both in terms of body image and more specifically about exercise that we yeah. talked about today. Um, I think for me... Um, I like practical steps to doing things. So I think you can speak, speak on theory and what you would like, like a message to be sent out. But I think it's time to take a practical step as to what does self-love actually look like? Um, I think we need to kind of move from concept conceptualising the idea of what self-love looks like and actually make it in practical ways so that my, my daughter's my sons understand what loving your body genuinely looks like mm. and kind of dismantling the societal pressures of what your body needs to look like and what love needs to look like and what bodies need to look like. It doesn't make sense to paint everybody with the same rush because we weren't all born alike. We weren't all given the same, you know, future or whatever. So I think it's important to kind of dismantle that and give practical steps on how 
what loving yourself it looks like. Um, in terms of like working out, um, I think companies especially need to stop doing this thing where the, the, I get it with like consumerism and making everything look pretty, but we need to move from showing the same bodies on every sort of campaign. We need to start showing everybody that everybody is. That's why I love Pretty Little Thing. Because mm. they have this co- campaign called Everybody and they just put everybody. Okay, this is becoming repetitive. But <laughs> they put everybody's different type of bodies in campaigns mm. to kind of show people that you don't have to, to be your stereotypical kind of person, you know. Um, and I think with working out for me, work out when you want. Don't make work out a chore. Don't make work out a, I have to do this to get to this point so that I can be happy. Mm. Happiness isn't a destination. You'll never be happy if you think working out will make you happy when you reach a certain body. It's It will make you happy for a certain period and then the society will come in and say, ew, we don't like abs on women anymore. Abs on women are not nice. And then you're going to have to kind of reshape your thinking to do something else. So I think if you're going to work out, use workout as an outlet. Same way people use singing as an outlet, writing as an outlet. Use workout as an outlet, but don't let that define your whole being and how you shape and think of yourself. Um, and work out for fun. Have a donut when you want. Have a salad when you want. If you want a pizza, have a pizza. But do everything in moderation. Because um, everything, you can you can love in moderation. You can hate in moderation. You can do everything. But as long as it's in, the, in moderation, it doesn't hurt you or make you feel like shit, to be honest. You can do it. Don't let society tell you what is beautiful. Because society don't know nothing. Society is run by idiots sometimes. <laughs> so, do you know what I mean? You create your own. And one one quote that I saw and I think is, but uh, is I love is, um, you're the only person that has to live in your body forever. So learn to love it. So your your body is your prison. How can you hate it? How can you live in a in a house that you hate? So learn to love the house that you've been put in, and um, everything else will fall into place. Yeah. That's a yeah. perfect way to end this so, yeah. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing your Thank experiences. Thank you for having me. I hope I made sense. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> so many great things, and I feel like a lot of people can relate to it. Thank you so much. Thank you.
Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.